I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English Lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow Lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. Uh, so we are going to be wrapping up our discussion on Little Rabbit, which I'm excited. I thought we had a really good discussion last time. I agree. And uh, I've had a couple, well, I've had a couple other conversations with people about this book, too. And there's definitely different opinions. And I am in the minority. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited oh, to really? keep talking about it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to get into that. So we're going to finish uh, our discussion up on that book this episode. Um, will you remind everybody what our next yes. book yes. is? So our next book is Ancestor Trouble, A Reckoning and a Reconciliation by Maud Newton. So this book is kind of like a memoir self-study in a way. Um, but it's our first like nonfiction book that we've been doing. And it's about um, a woman who basically is trying to do this deep dive into her I think very interesting family history um, from like a really old Southern family. And with that, of course, as one could assume, um, there's some difficult stuff that she has to like come across and like reconcile with her own family history and um, what that kind of means for her. Um, And I I think that this book is like really relatable because I think it is, I think that there's a lot of stuff about you know, trying like us trying to be separated from our ancestors in a lot of ways. And I like that this book is like, no, we should actually like if we can, if we have the ability to, we should face our pasts with like I think a critical eye or like sometimes a fun eye. Like if there are fun stories to look at and learn about and cool ancestors to learn about. But if there's difficult stuff, I like that this book kind of to me anyway um, seems to be about taking like a critical, thoughtful eye uh, our own histories and I've really I'm really enjoying it so far yeah I've got lots of thoughts on it I'm excited to talk about it I'm about halfway through um so it's an interesting choice I'm excited to discuss yeah. it I think it'll be yeah. a good one so that's our next book so go ahead and pick up a copy from your local bookstore or bookshop.org um and get going on that it is kind of big but I think well okay. I mean we'll do we'll do multiple it. um yeah episodes and we'll break it up um, and only talk about a certain way through so that you don't feel that you have to read the whole to book. To read the whole thing. To, to yeah. Before we That's a good plan it. for this book. Um, okay, so what are, what are you drinking, Sadie? What's your libation? Oh, I'm just having a glass of dry rosé. It's a Boda Box. Just, That's okay. Just some no. boxed wine. I actually really like Boda Box. I think their wine is pretty good um, for what it is. And their um, dry rosé is my favorite of their boxed wines nice it's nice because I, um, there's no pressure to drink a whole bottle <laughs> like after it's you true. open it <laughs> that is nice i i actually went to a uh like wine italian wine tasting at caputo's uh which oh, if you're salt I lake or utah caputo's. local caputo's is great and it was really fun um and they uh, loved all the wines so i have to go pick those up tomorrow, but really, really good. It was really fun. So how do wine tastings work in Utah? So it was at Caputo's and he had the sommelier hosted it and they 
I don't know, we sat down at the table and they served different like uh, foods with it too, cheeses and like meats. Uh, but they just, we did six wines and they just pour you some. I don't know. Are they able to like do a regular it, wine like, tasting? Well, because doesn't Utah have laws about like how many glasses can be at a table and like you can't do flights unless there's a certain well, amount it was, of... Yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a flight. We just had one glass in front of each person mm. and then... Like, you either finished the wine or dumped it before he gave you the next one. Oh, cool. So maybe that's maybe that's what's different is it's, like, the same glass. I don't know. But I've been to other wine tastings that are like that, too. But it was great. So I'm going to pick up some of that wine. So I'll probably be having a bottle for our next book. Nice. But I went really fancy tonight, although it is <gasps> not alcoholic. I did not do that's an alcoholic fine. libation. So it is oh, a key looks- lime smoothie. So I crushed up graham crackers. Ran some lime juice on the rim of my cup and then dipped it in the graham crackers. So that's on the rim. And then it's spinach and lime juice and lime zest and coconut, no, vanilla Greek yogurt. I tried to get coconut and coconut milk and then a little bit of vanilla and honey. And it is so good. That sounds really good. I am like shocked and don't know how to feel or what to think about the graham cracker rim. Right? Genius, huh? And I did have a lime on it at one point, but it fell off. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's really good. Oh my gosh. Delicious. That great. I'll have to make yeah, I'll have to make this again. And it's a good way for me to get my spinach. So I need I need more smoothies in my life. I was really sad. There was a smoothie spot um right by my work and it was like a second location for another like, they had another location. Anyway, it was their second location. And they closed over the winter. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, okay, yeah, cold smoothies. Maybe people don't want those in the winter. But they're not coming right. back. They're leasing out the space. So I'm really sad oh, because bummer. I went and got, like, smoothie and, like, acai bowls for lunch all the time. And it's, like, one less lunch option. And that's just not... Okay to me. I'm very upset about it, actually. So this is me calling out the spot on North in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. <laughs> How dare you? Well, I'm sorry. That sucks. I hate when you find those places that are, it's like exactly what you want and then it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, for you. I feel like that has just done that to everybody. A lot of I know. communities. It's, re- it's actually really sad. How many it is really sad. didn't make it through. Yeah. Um, okay, so little rabbit. So we, I loved our discussion about this last time. I tell you though, like I went back and kind of thought about it. And then also I had a great discussion with a friend about the book and she kind of felt the same way in, in like that you did. And I just thought it was interesting because I really did connect with our relationship and thought it was really moving and loving. And like, so it was just interesting how everyone looked at it a little differently. But one of the aspects that we didn't really touch on was kind of uh, Caroline's interactions with other people in the story outside mm-hmm. of just the choreographer and her roommate. Like, um, So the choreographer has kind of three core students, and they're the students that are going to be in the dance that he's making for Caroline. And, oh, what are their names? Sorry, I read this a long time ago. I did too, well, it actually. It was like a long time ago. It was like last month. Um, but two men and a woman and she's attracted to the woman Jackie and Jackie is the woman. And then, um, I can't remember the two men's names, but I think it's really interesting. And, and the choreography, he choreographer, 
um, is aware of her attraction to Jackie and kind of maybe a little bit f- from Jackie back. And it's it's interesting their interaction with each other about that. It's like her... Mm. I, I liked that her sexuality was not threatening for him. I mean, I know that he got jealous, but I didn't take it as a th- that he was threatened by her sexuality. I thought mm-hmm. it was more of he was threatened about the idea of her not being his. Oh, I like, okay, I, I see what you're saying, because, yes, I don't think him being threatened had anything to do with her sexuality. I think he was, I did take it as him feeling threatened and jealous, but, but he also, not, yeah, to, I like, not I like because he, it was yeah. Jackie, not because it was a woman. Mm-hmm. It was because yep. it was, I don't know, but but don't you think, though, that there was maybe a tad bit of, um, I don't want, okay, I don't want to say that he fetishized it, fetishized it, but I do think that his reactions to her attraction to women were very different than her attractions in history with other men. Yeah, because I think he was different. Like, I don't, I... Oh, you mean like how he no, reacted how to her he reacted interaction with... Because he, I think he wasn't... Oh, you mean with her with other men? Yes. Because I think that he, you know, when she was attracted to Jackie, he kind of entertained it, you know, like, oh, well, like, maybe I could do something for you guys. And then obviously that changes and he kind of gets more, like, possessive. But then he also, when she likes that barista, he tells her to ask her out and to go on a date and then to tell him about it as if he's kind of like supportive. But then when she talks about the other man that she has slept with, um, I want to say his name's like Ira or Ivan or something. Yeah, the one and the he, one when she was at her reading. Right. But when he shows up to like the party at his house, um, his reaction to that history is very different. And maybe it's because it was a past relationship and not like a new one or a new interaction. Yeah, that's the thing. I think she communicated her attraction and her interest in Jackie and in the barista. Like she told him about how the barista left her her number. So I think how she communicated it as well is of this is still a part of my life. This is still a part of who I am. And I think he was, how I interpret it is he was trying to be supportive and open of that like he wants her just as she is like he is not threatened by her in fact he's impressed by her he wants her to live her her life how she wants but then as she does it like he's like yeah you know what I kind of am jealous I just want you to myself and I don't think that's a reflection of him like being threatened by her sexuality I think it's just a like I kind of understand that inclination of like yeah I totally support this but also I don't want us to be not monogamous is kind of how mm. I took it. But he was willing to explore that. And I think just like with their sexual relationship, they both were seemed keen to kind of see where boundaries were, but not in a bad way, just in a where are our boundaries? Okay, that's the boundary. It's respected. I actually, I, I agree with that. I think one of the healthiest aspects of their relationship actually is their sexuality. Um, Very much, yeah. Because I think it's it's healthier than I think a lot of other aspects about them. Um, but I think that I did like that he, both of them, I think, approached sex and her sexual interests 
whether that be her prop, like sexual preferences or also just like what she's interested in bed and what pl- gives her pleasure. Like I think that their communication around that um, was pretty good. And I think that this book um, – I mean I think that she has a lot of internalized shame about what she wants from him. Um, yes. But – I liked that that was never anything he ever wanted or meant or ever, I think, ever even insinuated that she should feel. You know, like I think that's one thing I really liked about him is that I think that he there's enough shame, I think, culturally around sex that I liked that he had no interest putting like that kind of energy out there that like what they were doing in any way was deviant you know like I think I liked that aspect of it like that this was okay and it was normal for her to feel you know pleasure from something that maybe not everybody understands why she would and um so I thought I thought that was good I think I think her communication though is really poor I think his was actually a lot better than hers. Yeah, I, I think I think that's part of what was like, this was a lot for me. I just, I enjoyed how much he wasn't a secondary character necessarily. I think he had a great role in the novel, but that this really was about like her own self-exploration. You yeah. know, this was about like how being strong and powerful while giving into desires that she has both sexually and not sexually that maybe seem to go against this self-image. You know, like I... I'm not a little woman. I'm not a little rabbit. I'm not these things, even though there's things that she enjoyed, you know, being his partner. And even though some of the things were challenging for her, she liked, you know, that they had, you know, when they're at dinner with his, um, the people who donate money to him, you know, they can kind of give each other a look and realize the little bit of the silliness of the situation, but they're in this together. You know, they're these equal partners and, and she enjoyed kind of being, at his house and being kind of a part of his world and opening her world outside of just her current one in Boston with her um, roommate and that group of friends of like opening things up a little bit. Like I think she really was just about exploring how can I really truly be myself, even if maybe some of those things go against what I think are okay. Does that make sense? Like I think it's represented sexually, but then it was also represented like just in their normal relationship like I think she makes kind of points about how communicative he is with like reaching out text wise I don't think it was anything crazy but probably more so than his community like uh when men are written about like alpha males are written about that like he seemed pretty open and like not afraid to be like hey I'm really interested in you and I really like you and how she almost was kind of not mocking it, but seemed a little off put by it at first. And like, well, I think that's part of their but then age engaging difference too. It. I think that's part yes. of their age difference too, actually, because I think that yeah, that's true. With him being in his fifties, early fifties, like I would say, as I, I would expect for a man in his early fifties who has a very successful career, who's an attractive man, to feel a lot more comfortable being forward in that way than you know a. A peer of her age, a 30-year-old, you know, who is maybe still playing a, a game a little bit. And, I, and, like, I'm not saying that all 30-year-olds are playing that kind of game, but I'm, like, mm-hmm. city life, I think that there um, is an aspect to that where, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, 30 is still young. 
Like, like it's still, oh, like, Thank still yes. really, really young. So, like, I think that the age difference part of that is probably is what was refreshing and exciting to her because of that forwardness and lack of shame and lack of embarrassment and just, like, not even really thinking about it with any kind of, like, insecurity, initially, anyway. Like, I think he does show insecurity in other ways, but, like, as far as being forward with what he wants and being interested in her, I think that is a um, a nice and refreshing thing to behold. And I think part of that is yeah. the age difference. I agree. Like, he wasn't trying um, to play it cool with her. Like, and that's something no, that I, I like. Yeah, and I really it, I liked reading about it because it just kind of cut out some of the bullshit that can come along with relationships, which inevitably happens. But it was nice to not like have that for me. Like I just thought I thought all of the like kind of lack of communication or back and forth or anguish was all very real and really just about her figuring out who she is and what she wants. And that to me is far more interesting and relatable than like some of the other stuff that can come along. But but again, I for some reason, just really love their relationship. So I see it through those glasses. So it's it's The thing funny, is, but. is I just don't think that... Um, I just... I wanted, I guess, her to reach a point where she could be really communicative with him. And in the end, I don't think she was. I don't think she was. I think that she clearly was, to me, I interpreted her rushing out of the theater, hyperventilating, like having a panic attack is how I read it. And I viewed that as a crisis. And when he asked her what's wrong and the fact that she's clearly having a lot of thoughts and feelings, but she says nothing's wrong, I think that that is – I didn't. I didn't think that was a good sign. I. I just. I did not read that as a positive thing. And you know, maybe. Maybe it was that they're so in tune that she didn't have to explain and she didn't have to say it. Maybe that's where they're at. And I think if that's the case, then I think that's great. But that's not how I read that. See, and I read it as like her being like, no, there truly is nothing wrong. Like sometimes you can have these feelings of like anxiety and being scared because of like assumed like you know things you're afraid of but that isn't real mm. you know what I mean like especially mm. if if it's all I took it like she's scared to feel the way she feels and mm. having those feelings you know blow up as she sees this dance that like depicts her and you know just even just like how it's you know it's talked about with like you know, there's kind of this like crescendo with the with the music and the dancer. And it's like, you know, it, it talks about like her body breaking open and being free. And then with that freedom, she fell. And like that, that's like a really hard, like that's hard. Like she goes through a lot in becoming a part of this relationship. And then as he asks, are you OK? And she says, you know, everything's fine. Basically, it's because it is like even though she was reacting this way, like, Yes, it is. Things are fine. Okay. I don't know. But again, we just just interpreted it. So, no, but I think you bring out some good points. Like, I don't think you're, I think that there is, 
there's stuff in the text, I think, to support my opinion. And I think there's a lot of stuff in the text to also support how you read it. Like, I don't think you're yeah, grasping I think it at straws. Mm-hmm. Because I think— No, I think like, it also just, depends on your own experience. Well, and I, like, just, I, think I, we, just, re-read, yeah. I just reread this part, you know, of um, when she is having, like, a panic attack when she runs off, off um, out of the theater, out of the stage, off the stage. And she talks about how— um, I didn't make it past the lobby, collapsing on the floor against the wall. Did I need to cry? I felt all dried up inside, the air in front of me fogging, all the rooms he, he'd he found inside of me broke and flooded, the flow and change unceasing. To me, I felt like that was really bad when I first read it. And I still think that's not a good thing. But anyway, but then it goes on, and then he says, are you okay? And then she describes a feeling of Feeling the wall return to my back, the solid floor below me, I stared into his face and watched as the air turned clear. So I think that there definitely is a way to read this as both a bad thing, but also I think there's a way to read it that he is very stabilizing and helps her feel centered in that moment. And I think that that is not a bad thing. So, like, I definitely think I think you could read it any. Anyway, I think that there's a lot of room here for different opinion, which is really interesting, actually, because I don't feel like that's very common in a book. Like, because I really liked this book. Because the, the issue here is not, like, whether or not we liked it or yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. It's our question about, like, what does it mean and, like, what do we oh, feel exactly. about it? Yeah. You know? And I think I thought it was, really, it was great. And I, th- I actually think that that is a really interesting and talented kind of trick, maybe, that mm-hmm. I think the writer is doing here where it's almost, like, we have such vastly different opinions on it. It's, it's like she told two different stories, right? So, like, it's interesting to think about what is she doing kind of with the writing and how she's presenting the story that could yes. make such, like, drastic opinions. And I think that's actually, a t- I think that's, very talented, clever thing to do that she's doing here to have that kind of reaction. I agree. It's like she gives, they, I think it's nice when you're given enough, but then there's enough left out for you to really ponder on and think about and debate and discuss with other people and with yourself. Well, and I like that this book, I feel like doesn't do any lecturing. Like I, and I, nope. And not that. And I think it presents multiple sides of things. Right. Through just conversations with different people. You know, she's got some friends who are super supportive. She's got Annie. She's got her parents. I loved her parents, by the way. I loved her relationship with her parents. I love that they're both, like, professors, but her mom's a poet. Like, there's that one scene where she's trying to talk to her dad, but he's gone, and her mom's, like, working on her poems, and she's like, you know, does dad ever get upset or does it bother him that you put... Him, you write about him mm. basically, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Yep, sure does." But he knew we just like this is what I do. This is how this is I what he got into. He knew that this would happen yeah. when he married me. And then she's and then she's like, "They don't even make sense. <laughs> like my poems don't make sense anyway. Like they're just such nice, like self deprecating but loving people, but also realistic. Like her dad has some issues with the fact that this choreographer well, is so much older. He's like, I'm not calling him son. Like it's, I'm, but it was done. I think in a realistic, non judgmental, but just yeah. like. You know, real like. Well, I think you that there's are concerned for people. There's it's, it's there's stuff okay. Like no matter where you fall in your opinion, there's enough there for you to grab onto that you feel like your opinion supported. Yeah. 
And so in a mm-hmm. way that I think this novel is very supportive, like for whatever your feelings or thoughts are on like some of some of the very like adult themes in this book, like the sexual relationships and um, like mm-hmm. sexuality, age differences. Like these are like controversial topics that people, I think, have a lot of different feelings on. And all of those feelings are valid because all of those feelings and thoughts and opinions are things – Feelings and thoughts and opinions that should be made on an individual basis. So it's like, of course, individuals are going to have lots of opinions because this isn't a situation where there's any kind of like moral high ground, I think. Um, Yeah. I really loved what you said about her parents, though, too, because I think that like looking at her parents' relationship and then looking at her relationship with the choreographer is um, interesting. And it made me think about what it would be like to be, like, the kind of, like, the struggle of being married or in a relationship with an artist because I think art is so personal and sometimes the personal feeds into the art as it should, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the, there are yeah. certain things, but sometimes those things well, are a not way to always express, pleasant. Uh, yeah. Sometimes yeah, those and things it's how are not you always communicate. pleasant. Like, like yeah. maybe somebody writes a song about you, but maybe you don't like what the song is saying. And the song could maybe only represent, like, ten minutes of a feeling that they were inspired to write a song. But all of a sudden it kind of becomes, like, this larger thing sometimes. Like, maybe that's the same thing with, like, maybe that's why her dad doesn't like the poems. Because right. maybe the mom had, like, one argument with him and then went and wrote a poem. And it was a good poem, so it got published. And now he's like, well, like, okay, now our personal life's on display and everybody's <laughs> reading into our life. And I think that, like, that it would be such a interesting and kind of confusing and um, challenging position to be in. To be I in agree. a relationship with, like an artist doing that kind of level of like self-expression I think would be difficult. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I think it was nice. You got enough of their relationship, but it wasn't distracting. It was just like, it really helped to, um, kind of just, I don't want to say emphasize, but that's kind of what I mean. Like her relationship, I thought all of her interactions with all the other characters, whether it was, you know, her friends, her family, uh, her ex-boyfriend, his friends, like I think it all fit together so nicely. They were interesting characters in and of themselves. I liked reading all the interactions, but it it, it just kind of really highlighted, maybe that's a better word, the her own like relationship with herself mm-hmm. and her relationship with the choreographer. Like I, I thought it was really well done. I am really excited. I hope she puts out more stuff. I do like, too. And she's an editor-in-chief of... Um, Electric literature, uh, yeah, I think it's called Electric Literature, and I've been following them on Instagram and kind of looking at their, like, recommendations. I think there's some really great other writers that I've been kind of looking at with that she's involved with, so it was really nice to kind of go down more of that rabbit hole, too. (laughs) (laughs) Pun intended. Uh, Yeah, I really liked it. It It was really good. I've been recommending this book outside of just doing this podcast, so it's definitely, it was... It's back in my t- it's in my top five. I don't know what it's pushed out. I have to like think about it. Mm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was fun to reading about um, just like the setting. Like it was fun reading about the Berkshires from you know right. this kind of perspective. <laughs> but it is funny because this is like the perspective that native Berkshire people 
Berkshireinians. I don't know what they call Ber- themselves. Berkshireites. <laughs> yeah. Um, they kind of like despise this crowd in a way. It's not like it's not like the art people that they despise. It's it's the, more the it's like the second homers that people despise. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and it, I like for valid reasons. <laughs> like sure, the, sure. The housing market, you know, like it's it's unfortunate, you know, that like rich people from New York can come like and afford beautiful homes here, but people who were raised here can't afford to buy a house here. Like that sucks. Um, and you see that yeah. everywhere now. This is not like a new thing in the Berkshires. Um, definitely increased through COVID, though. That's for sure. Um, but I yeah. had so much fun reading this, um, like, just in, like, their discussions about nature and um, and also um, Jacob's Pillow is, like, where the art, the dance festival happens. So they never say Jacob's Pillow, but, but that's, that's, like, tell. where, that's what it is. That's, Yeah. And it's. Well, I mean, I'm it's, excited. We should go visit some of these. Well, and some of these locales. things are like really old. Like Jacob's Pillow is a dance festival that's been going on for about a hundred years. Like they're celebrating that's their centennial so cool. really soon. That's so cool. It's really cool. That's and the other thing I liked about this book. Sorry to interrupt. I just no, wanted to get it out okay. there. Is like I loved the like the art in the book. I loved yeah. the reading about the dance. I loved reading about him and his approach and how he was with his art. I loved all the talk about writing, what it was like for her trying to be a writer and her process with writing. Like I really was Mm -hmm. invested. Like it was, that's very interesting to me. Like I also really, I think liked that part of their relationship, but I, I really liked liked the artistry. I did too. And I liked the discipline that comes with it because um, like I liked the, the idea, the way that it's portrayed as work. But also, Mm -hmm. you know, inspiration, obviously. But, like, um, that's something that people have to work at. Like, whether it's physically, you know, with dance, the way that that he has to. But also, I think she's a very disciplined writer. Like, writing, like waking up at at 5 a.m. to Mm -hmm. write. Um, Always, you know, working, like, I think a full-time job. But at least, least like, part-time. But, like... Working a job and actively still trying to, like, get published and doing workshops and doing retreats. Like, this just kind of level of intensity about it and seriousness. And I liked that um, she – I liked how serious she took herself as well, you know. And, like, especially in comparison to a more well-established artist on the page. And I also liked – the, the kind of um, comparison between the arts, you know, and, like, the mm-hmm. publishing world versus the dance world and how, like, both of these worlds are examples of, like, well, privilege, like, the community that is able to enjoy yeah. them is often privileged, but also, like, self-expression, but just the way that some people are able to express themselves in, like, such different ways um, is something I really appreciated. Because I might yeah. be the clumsiest person in the world, but that does not mean that I cannot be expressive. And I liked, I really liked that about this. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, there's probably more I could go on about, but we should probably, we can, I think that's a good place to end. I hope yeah. if, I hope you, you guys read it, you liked it. We loved this book and um, I, it was fun to have these kind of discussions about it. I it's 
really fun when we can kind of, it's not even like a disagree. It's just nice to see, like, that's the great thing about literature. And one of the great things in my opinion is we can just see it differently, approach it differently. And probably Mm -hmm. reading it differently, depending on your life experience and where you've been or just whatever, just how you interpreted something. And I think that's, that's great. Definitely keeps things spicy. So I agree. I agree. And I think it's just a sign of a very interesting book too. Yes. So I hope you guys liked it. If you didn't read it, definitely worth. I did hear that the audible version isn't that enjoyable, that it's a little dry. Oh, that Um, wouldn't surprise me. So yeah, but I I don't know. I don't do too many audibles. I haven't gotten into that yet, but uh, I would recommend reading the the nice hardcover. And And it's such a pretty cover. I really liked it aesthetically too. It's a really pretty cover. And it's also just like, it's a, it's a quick book. Like it's just one I want to read. Like, I, I, I felt like this book actually, so not to harp on Audible and everything like that, but I do feel like reading is a physical experience for me, and I also think this is a very physical book, and so it makes sense to read it physically, so I think you should pick up a physical copy. Good point. Good point. I like that. Yeah. It was a very physical, yeah, it was good. Um, so one more time, if you want to tell everybody yes. what our next book is, so you guys can get going on that. And I don't, do you know how far we're going to go in our first episode or how, are we not there no, yet? Maybe we I, should post that. I think we're not there yet, but we will post it, um, shortly and we'll definitely post it before we record that episode so that everybody knows, uh, if you want to read along with us, what you should read before listening. Cool. Um, but we will be reading and discussing Ancestor Trouble, A Reckoning and a Re- Reconciliation by Maud Newton on our next episode. Awesome. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, this is great, as always. So appreciate you guys listening and your support. Um, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.